All right, massage, uh, massage the face. Yes. You're mm. laughing too much. Mama made me mash my M&M's. Mama made me mash my M&M's. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome to The Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we've prepared especially for them. I'm Luther something about Salami Hughes. I'm Gabrielle Bates. I'm Duji Tahat. Last week, we had a savory conversation with Jane Wong about, you guessed it, food, figurative language, and phantoms. For this episode, we sat dumbfounded as she brought the poem, When You Have Forgotten Sunday, The Love Story, by the... The one and only, and the magnificent, only. the brilliant, the fantastic Gwendolyn Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> when you have forgotten Sunday, the love story by Gwendolyn Brooks. And when you've forgotten the bright bedclothes on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and most especially when you've forgotten Sunday, when you've forgotten Sunday halves in bed or me sitting on the front room radiator in a limping afternoon, looking off down the long street to nowhere, hugged by my plain old wrapper of no expectation and nothing I have to do and I'm happy why. And if Monday never had to come when you've forgotten that, I say, and how you swore if somebody beeped the bell and how my heart played hopscotch if the telephone rang and how we finally went in to Sunday dinner. That is to say, went across the front room floor to the ink spotted table in the southwest corner to Sunday dinner, which was always chicken and noodles or chicken and rice and salad and rye bread and tea and chocolate chip cookies. I say when you've forgotten that, when you've forgotten my little presentiment, that the war would be over before they got to you. And how we finally undressed and whipped out the light and flowed into bed and lay loose limbed for a moment in the weak end, bright bedclothes and gently folded into each other. When you have, I say, forgotten all that, then you may tell, then I may believe you have forgotten me well. I love this poem so much. There are so many reasons why I love this poem. This is probably one of the first poems I I teach when I teach uh, kind of intro to poetry class. Um, Is, you know, how this poem moves, like how it's read out loud too, or kind of the the kind of pacing of it. It's just one giant breath, um, the and, 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 the anaphora of it. It feels kind of like, like a whole kind of held breath, kind of like let out of sorts um, by the time you get to the end. I love the, the Volta, that, that kind of heartbreaking moment where the word presentiment, which is such an odd word, um, moves into, you know, that the war would be over before they got to you, this deep, deep grief in this. And then it moves right back into kind of this, this love and like how sexy is whipped out the light. Um, and float into bed. I love that. And then all these like compound words, like loose limbs and nothing I have to do and I'm happy why, um, all like linked together. 
the long, long line. My favorite part of this poem too is right in the middle. That is to say, when across the front room floor to the ink spotted table in the Southwest corner, it just like literally reaches across. And I, when I teach this poem, I like to kind of um, actually turn the page um, to the side and you can see these kind of like, um, like almost like a, a mountain range, like these like push and pulls of, of lines. And I, I just love the movement in, in this poem. And it's um, thinking about kind of a love poem too. I feel like I'm so terrible at writing love poetry and I don't, I mean, I feel like I, this also is a heartbreak poem too in many ways as well. Um, yeah, there's so much to say, but I'll kind of like begin there. I just, and I just love how it begins in the middle, you know, to kind of start with that dash and just dive into, and when you've forgotten. Um, I just am such a, you know, in such awe of Gwendolyn Brooks. And um, in my memory, I think this poem is around like 1945 too. And so there's just, in thinking about kind of, you know, the end of the war, kind of, you know, just so much happening. It just, to, to kind of dive into this very, very like, small space of this this home, the radiator, the, the litany of food, of course, like, um, and these memories and how we so badly want to hold on to um, the warmth and memory of a, of a person, um, of a love. Yeah, there's a lot there, but I really would love to hear what you all think too, or um, if you've read this poem many times before, because I, I also love poems I keep returning to over and over again. Um, so yeah, I'm curious what you think to nerd out, to geek out on Brooks, who is like uh, just a, a true like uh, poet, poet hero of mine. I think for me, like I'm, I'm, I am right now thinking about like single sentence poems. Like I'm just like really like, I'm so impressed to your way you're saying too, Jane, about like, it's all sort of one breath. It's like one sentence, right? That it sort of starts in the middle. I'm also like really, I love a poem that like, breaks when the line is supposed to break and not like anything else, right? <laughs> that like it both has the line to nowhere and then that like super long line that you just, you know, uh, you just read about that is like reaching across the room. Um, and I'm also thinking of like, like a really successful love poem and just like thinking of Eros is like, is like actually a lot about like the barrier to, um, to like a like a realized sort of love, um, yeah. The this just like manages to do all of those things really well, and I really like that. Just like it formally is doing that too. I mean, I feel like I've read so many Gwendolyn Brooks poems. But this is not a poem I've ever spent time with before, so I'm really excited you brought this in so that I can like enter this whole new world of hers to me. And I'm not sure if you know Jane, like what what collection this appeared in or if there are like poems that appear around it that maybe tell us more about this relationship or the occasion of this poem but I'm just so struck by what feels like the mystery of its occasion like it's a love story yes but there's something about this forgetting and like forgetting me well and this repetition of I say like when you have, I say, forgotten all that. I say, when you have forgotten that, like, is this a breakup poem, actually? Is this like a, I don't believe you'll ever be over me poem? Is this a, like, hypothetically, if we are separated, 
this is all of the thinking that I will do. It's very mysterious to me, like the, the, the impetus and the occasion, while at the same time, the poem itself is such a rich embodied experience that I really feel as that breath and this like litany of the life of these two people together and their routines. I learned so much about them. Um, but yeah, there's something haunting this poem that I can't quite like put my finger on. And I don't know if I'm supposed to know it or if I can know it or if that's like a privacy that belongs only to this couple. I don't know. I love all these questions. I think that they're that point about kind of this privacy too. I think that there a lot of a lot of that I think um, resonates with me when reading this poem or coming back to its continual like um, like what does that and do to me or like what does that mean to have forgotten you know you have forgotten me well what does it mean to to do that Ugh, kind of move there and i think that there is something that's just like you know in this kind of interior space we're kind of let into this relationship but then we're not supposed to be there you know i mean we should not be in their like loose limbed weekends you know um and i think that there is something very kind of tender um and resistant about that last kind of few lines there. For me, I, I always read it as something that's like, in thinking about loss and thinking about, you know, that that line that, you know, the, that, you know, that the war would be over before they got to you and thinking about kind of also the, the draft and, and what that means to, to kind of like, have no control over what can happen in a relationship due to war. That there is something about this poem that's just trying so so beautifully to kind of hold on to, to control some sort of, um, you know, I don't know, the, the remainders or memories of, of that, that, that love. And by the end, it's just like, if, if one does forget each other, to, to forget it well, like, it's almost kind of like, if you, it's almost being like, um, I don't even kind of like, joyful or kind of like, you know, kind of resistant to this idea of kind of like, forgetting as something that is um, passive, but it's something that's actually even active to forget something well, like, like I, you will never forget me. This It's like all of the love songs, you know, like you'll always remember me, uh, but there is something about it to be, to forget well versus like to remember. Um, I don't know. It, it also alludes me too. And again, I, I think that so much of this is like, it's, it's not meant you know, to, 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 it's not for us necessarily in this way. Um, and I love, I think there is something about it beginning in the kind of middle. Um, so we're missing all that came before her as well. And I, I think that I love that kind of way in which Brooks is like playing with kind of, you know, welcoming us into this interior intimate moment and then just having us kind of leave it too so quickly as well. Yeah. I'm like in complete awe of this poem. Like it's to the point where I'm I'm almost speechless. Um, just almost, almost speechless. Um, because it's such a well-written poem. And like Gwendolyn Brooks' poems, especially her love poems, um, the and I'm thinking of the poem uh, A Lovely Love in particular, they're very muscular. Like she has very like her poems are very muscular, right? And so to get this poem, which is 
it's still muscular, but not in a way we're used to her poems being. It's very, very amped down. And it's more so about the the tenderness than the actual love of language. I think, you know, she she loves language in a way that I haven't seen others love language in poems. And so in this poem, it's not about necessarily the language, the love of language, even though we have these, you know, amazing compound words, it's more so about the tenderness and intimacy between these two people, right? To the point where she has, you know, or chicken and rice on his, on his own line. And that being like a moment of tenderness and intimacy and almost like a love language, right? And so like, to me, the poem literally is like the, the love story, right? We have war, we have forgetting, we have memory, we have desire, we have you know, the domestic, we have these like longing and like the togetherness. And so it's like, it's literally the love story we're used to, right? We're getting all that in this poem and then we're dropped in the middle of it, right? With the M dash and, and then the and, and and, and we're still going and it's continual. Like the love story never ends. And even in the forgetting at the very end, like that still is a, a nod to the next love story that's going to happen, right? And so like, it's, it's never ending. And that's, that's so awe, A-W-E dash full, like it's so, it's so full of awe, right? And it's, it's, it's something that you don't see in love poems. And I, mm-hmm. I, I am a lover of love poems. I write love poems down. And so I'm in very awe of how she's creating the love poem and the love story in this poem. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I think that you're spot on Luther. Like, I think that it's really important that this is like, a love story, right? Like in the title, it's like the love story. Um, and I was also thinking about a lovely love too, because like, and in some ways they're not uh, like love poems, uh, like not in some ways, they're not love poems about the beloved, right? They're like love poems about the love <laughs> that, that exists between the love and the beloved, right? Like I think for both of those poems and the way that like, that they express themselves are like really radically different, but it, but I really love your read too of just like, you know, there's war here, (laughs) you know, there's like sort of this, like you could map the archetype of like a love story, a great love story, like, um, but like, it's purely in this like super domestic and uh, intimate space. But like, I also love like the gesture, like withholding that intimacy, that like that intimacy is like, actually, like, we can see like the, um, the evidence of it, and like whether that's like the chicken and rice, like we can see the little bits of it, but like wh- how how it came to be the love language, like what it sort of signifies between the two is like something like we're not really allowed into, which also feels true of a lovely love, right? Like that's all about like, there's, I think of that like one word sentence run, right? Where it's like, you know, people are gonna about to see. And so like, but we can't let them see, right? Like this is purely ours. Um, so yeah, I'm like really intrigued by the power of like writing a love poem where you like withhold the like the actual intimacy of it. Yeah, I think there's also something to say to um, when you were speaking, Luther, about this like at the end kind of folding into the next like love story, and like you know there's that line that's you know then gently folded into each other. Um, that's right before the moment of the forgetting well that happens. And there's something about the folding as if, you know, if you fold into each other, it's almost like you kind of disappear. It's like kind of gone. You're there, but it's almost kind of, you know, when you get, when you're folded into a comforter with somebody you love, you're just like in a fluff of like, you know, you're gone. Um, and, and I think that there's, 
I don't know. Yeah. And the fact that the poem begins folded as well, or kind of the bright bed clothes that keep coming back. Um, there's just, we, yeah, just being in that kind of, uh, I don't know, that like blanketed space, I think. Um, it's just so beautiful. I, I don't know. I, and I, I, as I mentioned, I, I have trouble with, with love poems. I, I don't really, I'm trying to, you know, even think like, do I, like, do I have love poems or, you know, like what is, what is a love poem too? And again, the fact that you're picking up on like the love story, it's like the love story. It's not just a love story. It's like the love story. This is all of it. Um, and I just love that kind of like, um, I don't know, the, the joy and kind of like declaring it too. Like, I know that she repeats, I say often in this poem too, like I say, I say, I say. And to, to kind of tell the story too is really important. Um, in addition to what you're not saying as well and keeping intimate. But yeah, I just loved, I love that idea of it. Just like the poem continues, the love story continues actually. I love how many different traditions and modes this poem is flirting with. We have like the love poem. We have the word story in the title, which makes me think, you know, narrative mode, like a story mode. It's an epistle in the sense that it's, all a direct address to a particular person. And I'm thinking about it in the tradition of like Sunday poems. I remember when I like was first like studying literature as like a undergraduate student and we had to write essays about like these different Sunday poems from like Wallace Stevens and Emily Dickinson. And of course we have Robert Hayden's Those Winter Sundays which comes up on like every single conversation <laughs> that we have on this podcast. And, um, I love that this is a Sunday poem that has no like church in it. Like, like the relationship itself, the love story, what's being worshiped here. If something is being worshiped in a ritual way is the love between these two people. And um, I could just see, you know, the essays being written by the, the students comparing, you know, this poem and the Emily Dickinson poem or, yeah. or whatever. I really love to, I think, picking up what you're saying, Gabby, like there's a way in which like the poem is like, it's a Sunday poem because of like the sort of material conditions of like these lovers, right? Like it's a Sunday poem insofar as like they have to go back to work tomorrow, right? Like that's, that feels like the occasion of the Sunday, right? That they lose like this sort of like moment together. And, and, and that makes me think of just like the way that, and I think like it's true of a lot of like just Gwendolyn Brooks poems writ large, but a way that um, she's like sort of, crafting like these archetypes or like rewriting these sort of like traditions and archetypes but like and like using sort of the material of like just day-to-day -day life as like the um as like the structures for it right so it's like it's a sunday poem not like because it's like the holy day of god but it's the sunday poem because like now you have to go back to work and like you don't get this like sort of brief reprieve like you're losing the respite that you get with your beloved and again like the chicken and noodles and chicken and rice and like there are all these ways that it becomes like a a different kind of um yeah archetype almost and 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 myth and like again rewriting even just like the love story like the archetype of the love story it's really it's cool yeah like i keep kind of coming back to you know that I don't know that like you were saying this kind of like day-to-dayness or just something that feels very 
I think sometimes when we think of love poems, we think of them as, as, you know, love with a capital L of sorts and almost kind of like the idea of love again, coming back to that um, versus kind of the, the kind of um, the, the dailiness of it. And that sometimes we forget that. And I think that that's what's wondrous about this poem for me too, is that it's a reminder of this, like just a day, right? It's a day, it's, it's a, it's a kitchen. It's, it's that radiator, which I really love that, you know, even thinking about radiators is like constantly like making noise or like a spider is like, like crawling out of it. Or there's just something very kind of, um, yeah, kind of like a, a day-to-dayness that feels so like that's where the love happens. Um, even thinking about kind of this return to the the haves in bed, just kind of like the the mornings where you just don't want to leave your bed with your beloved and just kind of wanting to stay there, but knowing that something may pull you away out of it. Um, have it be you know the workday or war or whatever it is, a crying baby or something like something's gonna move you out of the the haves in bed moment uh I don't know I kind of really makes me think too of just kind of like you know the the kind of even in all my kind of crazy times of like heartache of sorts that all these moments still exist in them right and I think that that's what that's also I'm thinking of that too is that I think it was Gabby maybe you know asking the question of like is this a is this like painful is this a heartbreak is this a what is it and it's just like all all love has some element of whatever this is um those kind of tender moments too even if they whatever um don't end up the way that one may want them to but yeah I just I feel really kind of grateful for this poem I think sometimes um I find myself gravitating towards poems that just remind me of that which I actually forget myself. So it's kind of interesting that that's kind of how it ends, but like I don't, if I don't pay attention to those moments of love and desire and wanting to stay in bed and I love the line of, and nothing I have to do and I'm happy why, I'm happy why, like, you know, and we've always have to kind of explain, you know, like what, you know, what's, what's making you happy today? What's keeping you um, resilient and strong and and strong and strong and strong again? I feel like I'm always kind of trying to answer this question and, oh, to have a moment where you're just like, I, what, I just am. And that's so hard. Like, I don't, I don't remember that moment yet. You know, I feel like I I have to kind of dig into that. And so I just, I'm just very grateful for this poem in in multiple ways. I keep returning to uh... It's like very heartbreaking moment of the poem, um, right? When you forgot my little presentiment that the war would be over before they got you. Like that is so breathtakingly, you know, like heartbreaking, uh, but also like it's just the, it's almost like the like the seed of like <laughs> the love story, you know? It's like, uh, like you, you just imagine like, you know, your partner off to the war and you're at home and it's like, oh, I missed them so much. And it's it's both like, it's both a romanticized version of what a love story is, but also it's very, very heartbreaking to be kind of like they're at war or the war might have got you. And I just don't know. And the idea of forgetting that they're away and that forgetting like you're in love with somebody and all that is so wrapped up into those two little lines, right? And it's just so, like when like hearing you read it, Jane, I would just like, oh, that's yeah. so... Uh, 
so wrenching, right? That's that's so it just it like hits your chest in a way where it's like, damn, I don't know what it feels like, but I know what that feels like. You know, like I I can understand that type of grief, even though it's not really grief, right? But it's a it's a type of grieving for somebody in a way where it's like, ah, that's also a love. It's also a longing, and it's so. Uh, and she said it so plainly, right? It's, 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 it's said so with no compound words in it, right? It's just this and that, right? And it's like, damn, is that straightforward, right? It's like, wow, we got we got we got to all this like you know this this love of like compound words and it's like you know this extravagance of like you know what love is and it's like to say in those two words like this is what love is. You're off to war. My precision has got forgotten, and whew, here I am. It's like, yeah, that's here we are witnessing, you know, this love story, you know, in front of our faces. And it's just so, so, ah. Yeah. Yeah. I told, I, I know every single time I come to come to those lines, I'm just like, oh, like it sticks to you. It's just like, it feels like, I think it's interesting because right before that you have that like phrase, like little presentiment that in itself is like, something's about to happen. Nothing's right with that word. <laughs> like, what is up with that word? Um, and it's little, like it's just this tiny little thing, but it's huge. Like it's massive what happens after. Um, it just feels uneasy. And then and then you're totally right. It's just like, it just, whew. But then you move straight into like some a sexy scene. You just like moves right into like getting undressed and like whipping out that light and it's just kind of like yeah it makes me think of like the refusal of like no okay it's plainly said but i i can't if i stay with the plainly said too long m my longing my heartache will will expand too far i have to go back mm -hmm. to to being undressed and the the like the whipping out the light and kind of back into the physical like touch uh you know of, of this love and I know so much happens in just a few lines there. It's just, it's just incredible to, to come to that, at, you know, after all, like you said, like all of these beautiful kind of lush compound long lines, it's, it's just so blunt. Um, yeah, stunning. And then there's like, and then so like, did you mention before, like the, like kind of the if then stuff is happening in the poem yeah. and then how we get like, literally know then until the very end of the poem after all the ands come and after all the stories told you get then gently folded into each other right then you may tell then i may believe and it becomes very large in a sense right after all this yeah. all this stuff it becomes very mathematical right you're given all this all these pluses right all these you know formulas and then we get the result right and even the result is so big it's so abstract right the, the word then is such an abstract thing but then the word may and believe. And so it becomes a very loose in a sense, right? Which makes sense because it's about forgetting and memory. And so it's like, it's playing with all these at the end where, and of course the end of the poem is probably the most important part of the poem, right? It's what we're left with. And we're left with almost nothing, right? We're left with just the space of forgetting and memory. And that's beautifully done as well, right? To start with an M dash and to end with nothing. Like, first mm -hmm. of all, Miss Brooks, Let's talk about that, right? Starting with the M dash and ending with memory and nothingness, but given so much compression of love and space in that, right? It's it's masterful. It's yeah, it's wildly to me. It it also like it inverts the refrain, right? Like 
three times we get when you have some version of when you have forgotten that I say. And I, I think it's like really interesting. I can't quite make sense. Like, I, I don't know that I have a really good answer for just like the why the I say, like why the I say moves. <laughs> like it's at the end of the phrase first, then it's at the beginning of the phrase, then it's in the middle of the phrase, right before we get to this inversion of like, right? Because, because like the speaker is setting up, I say, you forget. I say, you forget. I say you forget. And then the final turn or like that final couple of lines is you say, right? And I believe, right? And then and then back to the like, you have forgotten me well, right? And like uh, sort of calling on the refrain. And so like, I, it's like really fascinating how like it's so big, right? Like it is really abstract and we are left with nothing, but then also the roles like feel sort of reversed in a particular way. So like there's a sort of added layer of like, wait, how did I like, how did I get here? Like, what am I, what am I doing in this moment? Like, yeah, I think, yeah. How did I get here is a good question. I think also too, there's something about the last bit there that's um, thinking about, cause I know and Brooks is like, uh, like her musicality, the way in which kind of sound moves throughout, you know, her work and the, the, the kind of the perfect rhyme of like tell well is it's just when you read it, it's just, Cause not in the whole poem doesn't, it doesn't do that necessarily, but there's just something about it. Like almost like it's tying it up in like a, uh, you know, trying to tie it into a, a bow or something, but then it, but it isn't, it isn't perfect. It isn't what it should be. The perfect rhyme makes me feel like it should be that, but it's not. And so I, I, I find that really interesting. Cause I, I get a hint of that when we have um, that wonderful, like loose limbed weekend um, kind of moment but then it's just like the tell well oh my goodness like it just it's yeah it's it just something is like it's like both off and not off like you know the, the something is is starting to kind of like look as if this is trying to like end the story but it's not ending it's not possible because even despite the perfect rhyme um I don't know I was just thinking a lot about the musicality throughout the piece too yeah this whole poem feels like it's enacting this like end of an end like if an end can be conceived of like the repetition of the word finally that's in there um just the way we begin um as if like this long 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 exhaustive litany has already happened and then she's just bringing us into the very very end of it um after which, you know, supposedly all will actually be forgotten. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's, I mean, I feel like we could have, have a whole nother conversation about, you know, like how to decide where a poem begins. Like this is such an interesting lesson and in, like, it's not even beginning in medius res or whatever, like beginning in the middle. Like this is like what it looks like to begin at the beginning of the ending of a thing mm. um which maybe does actually tell us more about the poem's occasion the more i think about it but um yeah it's like this whole poem is obsessed with the end with ending something but it's so full of ongoingness at the same time yeah it's like i feel like it's all enacting the the couple right like the couple is <laughs> ending but not ending but it's, it's a weird thing like even like the ending of the like like the, the tale and well like that 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 bow wrapping at the end but again not ending the poem in a way like it's the couple the couple is ending but not ending right like the couple is still going necessarily but like there there's something 
arrived. Something like, you know, it's just happening between them, right? But they're still going. And so I feel, I feel like everything that's happening in the poem is just enacting the couple's relationship. It's like even dropping, right? Like what you're saying, dropping in the beginning of the end, like we're like the, the, the couple is in the beginning of their possible end, right? So it's like, it's all enacting the couple. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's just a wow. Yeah. Well, I think like thinking about endings too, like I've been thinking a lot about like the precarity of love and like how love like exists because ending exists or like, you know, beauty exists because death exists or something like that. Like the fact that like, yeah, this poem is able to sort of start from that place and just like, like revel in the love without ever like really leaving that place, right? Like we just, like it sort of just sort of accepts the premise that like all love ends, this love like ends too. Um, but like, let's just like revel in this and like, let's think about like, and you know, that sort of contradiction of like by articulating all the things that we will forget, we are like memorializing it for forever too is like, yeah, it's just, it's so beautiful. And like, it like really, you feel that, you feel, you feel both things. Yeah, I think too, there's, um, I was just thinking about um, another Brooks poem, um, Speech to the Young, I think where there's that last line of live in the along. Um, I was looking it up and it's the last few lines are live not for the end of the song, live in the along. And there's something about, you know, that would mean to be in that along, like in the, the middle space, I, I think, and, you know, I couldn't help but think about that in relationship to the kind of how this poem moves, kind of refusing that that ending, but to live in the along. Yeah. Um, I love that. It just it's into the along. I mean, I hear along in there too. There's something about that kind of we're so sometimes focused on the end of things that we don't realize that in the along, it's a long time. Like that, so much happens in this relationship in such a short amount of lines, but it's the it's the along. It's all those days. It's all those Sundays. Um, and all the days between Wednesdays, et cetera. And so I was just thinking about that too, um, the the kind of um, along, living in the along versus the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the joys, right? And the humor, right? Like like they're, 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 like that really long line is a joke, right? Like I love that like, like yeah. we made, <laughs> we went into Sunday dinner and then gives you the longest line and then the next to Sunday dinner, right? It's like, we're just moved across the room to Sunday dinner. And it's like, you just feel like, you feel the love and little joy of like being in relationship and like making occasions out of like such small and little things like that, like that's just packed right in there. It's so, yeah, that part to me, like it's really masterful that that's part of the along <laughs> like, is also the joy and the silliness of it too. Like. One of my favorite parts is when she says how you swore if somebody beeps the bell, yeah, exactly. like just like how like fiercely they're like protecting this like yeah. time together where they don't have to work and they just have like their little refuge in the apartment or whatever it is. And yeah, yeah. I can just see that so vividly, like someone ringing the bell. It could be like a friend and you're like, oh, yeah. That four, yeah, like, this that is four my time line. with my person. <laughs> yes, it's like a that four lines feels like a like sitcom montage, right? Like it feels like I like yeah, <laughs> very real to me. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I love that kind of moment. Just like yeah, get, get out of here. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to be 
be with my beloved and just like nobody please everyone go away I feel that very deeply all the time <laughs> just like the go away kind of vibe <laughs> and these fucking m dashes like oh <laughs> my god like it's just so wild like the way she says the way she's ordering this one sentence I think is wild right like the, the sentence starts off honestly with the title and even the title is all, it's in lowercase right mm -hmm. and then the m dash to end and then you have the m dash after sunday and then the m dash after this you know end of monday never had to come and then the m dash after these chocolate cookies and so it's just like and then after the other it's just that these m dashes are doing so much work to kind of order and kind of like you know like steal us and shift us in a way where we're getting, you know, the moments of the love story, right? The the moments of how we can kind of kind of pinpoint this the sitcomness of it all, right? Like it is very sitcom-y, right? It's very like this happens, this happens, that happens. It's silly moments, it's serious moments, it's grieving moments, and then it's on to the next episode, right? And so like it's very, very like it's like we can kind of like map out like sitcom like framework in this poem right and it's doing so much work because of these m dashes like the m dashes are really marking us in the episode of this love story right it's ah the m dash like you know dickinson did it right but brooks mastered it. that that's <laughs> that's <laughs> brooks got it yeah yeah the m dash is the next episode button on netflix is what you're saying yes, <laughs> the, what the, saying. like automatic like <laughs> refilling no i don't i actually do kind of feel it because like those are places where there could just as easily be uh, periods, right? Those could like easily denote like the end of a sentence and you could you could have what, four or five sentences in here um, that all start with a phrase when you have, I say, forgotten all that or some version of that. But yeah, it really does. It, it does feel like um, you feel like you've gotten to the end of, it's, it feels like binge watching. You feel like you've gotten to the end of an episode, but actually not because like we're just moving on to the next part, right? Like... Yeah, I did. I told one of my favorite M dashes in there is actually the the chocolate chip cookies one because it's just kind of like, guess what? There's more food. <laughs> I have no time for this, so I'm gonna keep going. But you know, there's there's or I was even thinking about kind of there's something very sweet about like eating chocolate chip cookies. At least in my thinking through it, and it's like you get crumbs all over yourself, and it's just like you know, just it feels like there's there's like you know the yeah, there's something more. There's always yeah. more after chocolate chip cookies. More after, and like more after dessert too, right? Like, cause you set up a whole meal, that's dessert. And it's like, then there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I want chocolate chip cookies now. Well, I have some in my, okay. in my cupboard too. I'm going to get some. Jealous. In your cupboard. Yeah. I never said the word cupboard in my life. <laughs> Where that came from. <laughs> Where that came from. Amazing. I don't know why, like that word just really never said that before you've been covered. reading too much Gwendolyn Brooks I guess yes, like, yeah I'm, 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 in, I'm like... in like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm living in a sitcom now it's in my life <laughs> say the word cupboard well, that's a very awkward word to say actually it is like cupboard cupboard very it old English nothing like it really looks or what it means no. cupboard definitely a word how does your garden with? grow who made up that word? Yeah, but they were just like, you know what? Fuck it, cupboard. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how I go. <laughs> well, I can't stop seeing these in dashes as like a baton in a race, and like Emily Dickinson like handing it off to Gwendolyn Brooks, and it's like she's like taking this baton. She's like, 
And I think of like, I also think of like person that does M dashes really well is um, Robin Cost Lewis. Like in her book, the M dash is like phenomenal. And like, I feel like, yeah, it's just like a Emily Brooks. Ah, Robin. <laughs> okay, we're like losing our minds now. <laughs> we need to stop. Wait, also, but wait, also, I want to say, I do want to say though, I do want to say, I love how the food is on its own line. Like the foods, uh-huh. like, because like that's how kind of like when you're thinking of like, you know, sitting down with your beloved and eating food, or for, or for me at least, like me and like my boyfriend, like when we sit down and eat, it's a very like we're sitting down to eat this food together, right? And so it's very like we're eating chicken and rice, we're eating salad and rye bread, you know, and tea, and then there's the cookies, right? And so it's a very, very like measured and very like intentional, like type of love, like sitting and eating with your lover is very like, let's do this thing together versus like these other things seem to be, you know, a little more wild. You have to like catch them and grasp them as they come. But no, we're being intentional about this space right here where we're eating together. And that's like, again, like mimicking the love story, like the capital T, capital L, capital S, the love story. Welcome to my TED talk. I'm doing a TED talk on the love story. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's an uh, honor to be in the audience. Preview. I got my popcorn. Uh, oh, Jane, thank you for bringing this poem into my life. Yeah, uh, yeah I love this one. I, I, you know, I was just even thinking about the kind of food that, you know, simplicity of like chicken and rice. And it's not try- like, you know, she's not trying to like romanticize the food or like call it like be so specific it's just kind of like this is some some tea you know just like it's not like earl gray or like i don't know jasmine there's just something about it just being like some tea or just some you know um i think the chocolate chip cookies does stand out because it's just like that's so specific compared to like the other foods in there but i don't know i just yeah but yeah there are no adjectives mm. with this food yeah i also love it's like always chicken and noodles or chicken rice. It's actually like, you know, it's like, oh, this, but naturally it's, it could be this. <laughs> There's just something yeah. funny about that. It's a little funny. It um, is. It's a funny poem. Like, that's what I, like, I love that it's like a poem about the end, but it's also like, it's a funny, it's a funny ass poem. Like, <laughs> Thanks so much for like talking so much about it. It makes me really happy because I always feel kind of like, you know, I, I so rarely get to nerd out, um, I think on poems, these this this type of way, because um, you know, there's so much to say in such a small space. It's down to you know the them dashes, down to kind of little perfect rhymes. Like everything feels, um, yeah, just so just so special. I think whenever I read poems like like this, um, but it also makes me mad because then I read some sloppy poems by some poets. I don't like. I'm not as like you know, and I'm just like, come on, like look at what is available to you like have, it's in the what? syllabus it's literally in do, the syllabus like, just yeah. do the reading right. <laughs> dear students jane tend to like respond well to this poem when you share it with them oh they love this poem they actually because it's one of the very first that i, I teach i think they always come back to it like at the, at the, the quarter of the semester they're always thinking through you know, how, and they were haunted by it. Like, I think that in a way that's just like, I'm still thinking about what that ending meant, like, you know, and having to reread. I think one thing about, you know, poems that are really incredible is that they ask you to read them again. Like you can't stop yourself, but keep reading them over and over again because something kind of took you, you know, by 
that kind of obsession kind of vibe of like, I have to, if I, if I just reread it again and again, maybe I could be like folded into it in some other way. You know, there's just something very beautiful about rereading. Um, a lot of people ask me these days, like, what have you been reading? And I feel like most of the things I've been reading have been rereading as well. And mm-hmm. the majority of it is just like returning to things that, you know, gave me comfort, you know, whatever, six, seven years ago and coming back to that to kind of, yeah, envision new work or, or kind of re like read like new stuff through the lens of older stuff of that I love on my bookshelf. And so I think that's very special. I love rereading. Thanks for nerding out. <laughs> Big, big gratitude to Jane Wong for bringing in more Gwendolyn Brooks into the world and into our lives, for sharing your new book with us. So good. As in you, dear listener, like pause and go to alicejamesbooks.org right now. Dot org. Dot org. Org. And hit that pre-order link. As always, big, big gratitude to Gwendolyn Brooks. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Big gratitude to Gwendolyn Brooks. <laughs> and again. And again. Third and time. Again. Do it. And big gratitude to like love. Aww. And love stories. Shout out Aww. to love. The magic that love is and mm. enables. Mm. Oh my God. Yes. Also big gratitude to Jack Straw Cultural Center for making us sound good. We're so sorry you have to listen to all of our unwieldy audio. There's so much left on the proverbial cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I've always wanted to say that, guys. That was ready. That was like that was nice. jukebox, press the button. I was like, okay. Ooh, uh, big gratitude to you, dearest listener. Yes, you. Who's about to rate, review, and follow us on Twitter at Pod. Send along your some things and other things and any other other things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the Pod at gmail.com. We eagerly await your things. Many things. I love things. Making crane cranes got a thousand wishes on my brain brain.